0: Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell O'Gaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Let's get into the Word. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the revelation of the person of Jesus. We pray that our hearts are strengthened this evening. We receive the word into our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. So they've shared a lot of, um, a lot of truths with us. I want us to go to Judges. And I want to read something from the book of Judges. Let's go to Judges chapter 6. And I think, like we heard, There's a lot of mediocrity in our society that we all need to break away from. And first of all, it starts with a decision. It starts with a decision to be different. It starts with a decision not to accept the status quo. It starts with a decision to say that you're going to be different. Let's read Judges chapter 6. I'm going to teach from the lives of two people. Um, Verse 11. Judges chapter 6 verse 11 Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was in Ophrah which belonged to Joash the Abizzite while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites Now if you go to Judges chapter 6 and verse 1 the Bible says Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord so the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midianites for 7 years and the hand of the Midianite prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dense caves and strongholds which are in the mountains. So what happened was that the Midianites were, were overpowering the children of Israel. And by the time they did that, people could no longer farm, they could no longer do things in the open. But what I want you to pick from the life of Um, Gideon was the fact that even though this was going on in the society he still was doing something he didn't just resign to faith and say see the Midianites are after us, there is no opportunity you cannot be a limit breaker if you don't know how to make opportunities you have to create opportunities you have to go out there and engage if you don't engage you can't break limits And that's what um, Mark was sharing with us. Gideon had to find something to do. In the midst of the prevailing economy, he did something. You see, there are a lot of us who are waiting for the big break. And I tell people that the big break starts from being consistent with something on a daily basis. Every day should be taking you towards the direction of your purpose. Every day. Let me explain something to you. This changed my life many years ago. You see, how many of you got excited when we entered into this month? Right? The month of May. You know, like, oh, May, May, May. Today is what? 20-something. On Thursday, this month is over. Now, this is it. If you did not improve yourself in this month, you actually lost value. The day I heard that statement, it it changed something about me. Meaning that if I don't get better, it's not as if I am still where I was. No, you have actually lost value because in the time that you were not getting better, other things were getting better. The world was moving. New books were being written. New information were being passed across. I don't know if 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 you get what I'm saying. So, it, it, it's not about oh, one day I'll get up. No. As you go to bed tonight, will you be better? Would you wake up a better person? Or will you go to bed with the same ignorance? You know, sometimes you can be proud in ignorance. Something happened, I'll not give you the details. <laughs> but my my family bought a particular fruit, and so we were arguing what's the name of this fruit. So, I was calling the name that I have grown up over thirty something years calling that fruit. It was wrong, so the fact that I've been calling it that specific name for the past thirty years does not make it right. You can actually be living a, you can actually be living on a wrong principle all the days of your life. It will make it right. so we had to go to the dictionary we had to search we had to find you know. In my mind, when we are calling the right one, it was still doing something in my head. Because what was in my head was the old wrong one. It won't be easy for you to make adjustments to your habits, but you have to go for it. So Gideon was threshing the floor. Gideon was threshing the floor. In the winepress, sorry. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. We talked about that again, the presence of God. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with me, why then has all this happened to us? Why then has all this happened to us? I want you to take take note of this. He says, why then has all this happened to us? Number one, you can pick from there, is Gideon questioned the happenings in his life. Why? Why is one of the most powerful words you can ever use to change your life why am i poor why can't i read why am i not married why am you know people need to ask themselves it's gideon says why is all this happening to us that means gideon recognized what was not normal you must be able to look at your life and say this is not normal are, are you following what I'm saying? You, I mean, I'm not looking at. Uh, I'm not saying go and go home and put your hand under your armpit and start crying and start you know why me, why me? That's 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 stupidity. This is critical analysis. Why has my level of income not changed in a couple of years? Even as a minister, you can you can have a lifestyle. That does not promote increase. So so i give you an example. There was a time in my life, oh man, once money comes, I'll give this, I'll give this, I'll give this, I'll give this. I had to deliberately learn and read about savings. I had to be deliberate about it. To learn to separate an income to keep. You know that many of you, your parents never sat you down to teach you about money. The only thing they taught you about money was to escape the streets of the people they owed. See, that street. We have not paid that room. I say, ah, don't pass there again. We're passing this side. We're told to run away from your debtors. That's the only financial education they passed. So, as a young man, why don't you go out to the bookshops and get money books? My administrator is here. At the beginning of this year, I felt that I wasn't doing certain things right financially. So in January, I read about 10 books on finances, including the ones I've read before. I just felt, no, I'm not getting something right. So, like I said today, yesterday I shared with you the spiritual angle. Today I'm sharing with you the very practical angle. So you can be able to put things together. After the Lord has given you divine direction, what next? And it ties very strongly with what our brother shared with us about the manna season. You now have to cultivate the land. Ask yourself, why? Why is it in the next couple of years, why will you struggle with with this aspect of your life? Why will you struggle with that? Why will you struggle? Ask yourself those questions. Look at your own parents and say, why are my parents not able? You see, I'll explain this to you. You know the fact that even your parents cannot afford certain things, right? There are people's parents who are the age mates of your parents who can afford those things. I don't know if you get what I'm saying that means even within the time your parents were within a certain age they all still made different decisions are you following what I'm saying? so also we are all here together but life will separate us based on our decisions based on what we have decided to do with our time, with our life with the assignment that God has given to us so He says "Where? why did this happen to us? And where are all his miracles? Which our father told us about saying, Did the Lord not bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So one thing you find out is that Gideon did not only ask why, Gideon had a sense of history. He knew the things that God had done. I I traveled to to Abuja, I think, uh, in April. And I bought maybe like, 30 biographies of missionaries. I read biographies a lot. I love biographies. And You know why I like biographies? It tells you how God worked in the life of people. Read about what's possible. Read history. Like He like was challenging us. Let's even look at the issue of governance. A lot of the people we celebrate today within the political space of Nigeria, they got into that space when they were young. How old was... Um, What's, um, what's his name? Uh, no, 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 not Buhari. In Kebab Newe, what's his real name now? O- Ojuku. How old was Ojuku when he led the, the, the Biafran Civil War? He wasn't up to 40. He was about 30-something. That means that this thing is not just about a matter... Of, I'm not saying go and start a civil war. <laughs> I'm just saying that, listen, even the people we celebrate... We didn't celebrate them because they started late. We celebrate them because they started early. There's something about starting early in life. And I'll tell you, one of the, the things that pushes my heart to young people is this. Honestly, I never had these kind of opportunities when I was growing up. I never had youth meetings like this. Where they told us this thing. You know how I got, how I got all of this information? I asked myself, I wanted my life to be different. So I'll tell you something, a part. That's why you say that God can lead you into your own purpose. Sometimes, when you are just hungry to make something out of your life, God knows how to guide you. You know, like I said before, I didn't want to become a pastor, growing up in a pastor's house. I wanted to become a motivational speaker. So, an a lecturer. So I knew that motivational speaking was, would bring money. So I told myself, boom, that's it. I can't, I read books by motivational speakers. If you want to get the best out of me speaking to young people, I don't need to read anything. I can just talk from my heart. I read Les Brown. I read Anthony Robbins. Eat That Frog, Brain Tracy. I read all John Maxwell's books as of that time. I wrote, read John Mason. Which motivational speaker did I not read? I will sit in the house and practice my speech. Practice, practice. In fact, I remember two instances my mom had to beat me from the bathroom. Because when I entered and I locked the door, I started rehearsing all my speech and we're going to church. She came back thinking I was ready. I've not even started taking my bath. Ah, man, this woman finished me. You know, I was so engrossed because I felt for me, that was the escape path. But you know what that did to me? Those books formed certain habits in my life that till today still sustain me. You know, sometimes I wonder why at your age, somebody will still be encouraging you, don't watch too much television. Do you understand? I just wonder like, do they still give those kind of advice? (laughs) Literally, do you still advise an adult about television? Like, no, we tell you those things 10 years ago. In fact, it's like our life moved forward because our parents did not have television. So your leisure was Your books. You knew about countries through your books. You knew about the world through your books. Don't be doing things they are telling small children to stop. You now sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep. Until when you are now narrating certain things. You don't know whether you were sleeping or you are awake. Your life has has mixed up. Now you are not sure. You not say, hey, "Was I sleeping that time?" You not say, "No, you were at the office." That's you are not sure again. Your sleep overrides your daytime. Your daytime overrides your sleep. If God wants you to break the limits, there must be a launching pad for God. Prepare that launching pad. Don't get to the point where God opens the door and you are not ready. When the opportunity comes. And you are not built for it. Are you following what I'm saying? When we left service this afternoon, I was telling my wife about it. I got home and I got an email. Someone in Lagos said they were doing this high guy leadership, something, something, something. They were asking for nominees. I He just remembered me and he just sent the email to me. That, oh, that he wants to nominate me. The reason is, maybe he's seen the things I'm doing. But one thing I just know in life is this. People are watching you. And I said that about Facebook yesterday. People are reading what you post. Don't just be careless with your life. You're not a child. Stop behaving like you are a child. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let's go on quickly. So God said to him, So he had a knowledge of history. He had a knowledge of what God has done. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this that might. Yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? The question of purpose again. The question of purpose. So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I'll be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. We always talk about divine direction and the presence of God. If we want to break limits as children of God, God must be with us. We must go with that sense of divine direction. We are not taking life on our own. We are not just going by our strategies. We are going by what? By the power of God. We know that by God's Spirit, we are well able to take all the mountains. Don't sell yourself short. Be an inspiration for someone. Stretch your capacity. Stretch your mind. When you see something, someone speaking on television, or you see someone doing something, don't give yourself up. Don't say, oh, because they had opportunities. No. Let them become inspirational to you. Draw inspiration. When I see people's friends, I can tell how far they will go. Who are your friends? What do they read? What do they listen to? What do they watch? What, what centers around their conversation? What do they talk about? All the time. Let's read another story. Judges chapter 11. This is my favorite story of all time. This, this guy inspires me all the time. Jephthah. I love him so much. Judges chapter 11, verse 1 to 8. I love I loved, I loved this man. Now, Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah. So, it was clear from scriptures. This guy was given birth to by a harlot. A prostitute was his mother. He can't get worse than that. And the scripture records it clearly. That he was the son of the harlot. Gilead's wife bought sons. And when his wife's sons grew up. They drove Jephthah out and said to him. You shall have no inheritance in our father's house. For you are the son of another woman. They were more polite. The scripture Look at the introduction Jephthah has that he was the son of a harlot. Can you imagine walking up to a place, you know, like they were having a talk show, say, who are you? My name is... Jephthah. I'm the son of a harlot. (laughs) That's his introduction. He couldn't introduce himself by his father. So he couldn't say, you know, my father was an engineer, my father was a doctor. You know, like... Oh, everybody introduce yourself. Say, oh, yeah, my name is Jephthah, yeah, so... Tell us about your family. Say, well, my mother is fair. Yeah, what does she do? What does she do? Uh, hello, tree. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> that's how he, that's who he was. That's how the Bible describes him. And of course, because of the fact that he came from that union, when Jetta's, um father now had other children, it was quick for the children to say, "Hey, guy, you know now, you know, you know what you know, you know." You know. <laughs> so just there's no inheritance for you. So it was clear. Listen, listen carefully to this. It was clear from day one that Jephthah was born to be a failure. Do you understand? Number one, your mother's trade, you can't introduce it. That's one. And even if you want to join your mother, you know you can't join her. You know there's a way you can join your mother to go and sell in the shop. You cannot say my mother is a halot, I'm assisting her. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's nothing you can't say you want to help your mother. So there's no way for Jephthah to go and help his mother. <laughs> Do you get? Then the only source of inheritance, at least, you're not a bastard. Someone impregnated your mother. The children came to him clearly and said, Oh God, there's nothing for you here. So number one, from his birth to his brothers, it was clear that Jephthah was was gone. Literally, Jephthah could throw his hands up and say life was over. But look at this incredible story. Then Jephthah fled from his brother and dwelt in the land of Tob. And look at this. And worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. So you know what? (laughs) Jephthah ran and the Bible says worthless men. See, I want you to nothing, I think I have to write a book on this. Nothing inspires me like Jephthah. I'm telling you, in the whole of scriptures, I love the way this guy turned his life around. The scripture says the people that gathered around him were worthless men. Look at the description. Do you understand? It's like you now go to a place, say, I'll tell, um, say who are your friends? Say, we worthless guys. <laughs> I mean, worthless. Worthless means they didn't have any worth. Of course. Who's going to hang around a harlot's son who have been driven by... They're going to be worthless people. But you know what Jephthah did? He took these people and started exercising leadership. He started reading, started going out, started training himself for war. And it came to pass after a time. I like that phrase. After a time. It's time that makes the difference between all of us. Time, 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 time. Four years from now, who are you going to be? Five years from now, after a time, if we come back to you. Who are you going to be? Who are you going to be? There are a lot of online courses. Let me explain something to you. You see, sometimes we don't get it. You think when you apply for a job, you're competing with just 10 people in Bonnie Island? Go and ask, go and ask people who recruit. They will ask, they'll tell you there are only 50 spaces. You'll see 6,000 applications. And you think that the HRO person has time to go through the unimpressive life you have lived. You don't have your time. You're not competing against your friends. You're competing against other people in the world who are putting in the grind. You're a young man. You have the opportunity to learn coding. You have the opportunity to learn how to build websites. Your mates somewhere else are earning who cash. Just building websites. You are very good with chatting. You have downloaded all the app. You know the names of all the Premier League footballers. Their transfers fee. Who gave birth to them? Where they were playing? How many goals they scored in 1979? How does that, how does that help you become a human being? You see, don't store in your head information that is not required for destiny. Don't use the space. You some of you your, your, your gigabyte is full. Full with what? Movies, all kinds of conversation. That's why you can't remember anything. It's not that you are dull. The brain is full. Say, ah, they, I can't remember. You can't remember. It's full. Full with footballers' history from nineteen seventy nine. Rashidi Yekin is called the first goal in World Cup. It's since that since nineteen ninety four World Cup. And you are not a sports analyst. (laughs) Read on. And it came to pass the third time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel. That the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. When you increase your value in life. People come to get you. You don't run after things. Opportunities will come. I used to tell preachers, and I tell young people who are called into ministry, build your capacity. Once people start listening to you, they will be the ones calling you, come and preach here. You will not be the ones running after invitation. You won't be the ones saying, I have a word to bless your people. No, 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 no. You are not ready. People know where to get you. Be good at your craft. Then Jephthah said, (laughs) then he said to Jephthah, come and be our commander that we may fight against the people of Ammon. Can you imagine? This time now, it wasn't the family members that came for him. It was the elders of the city. He had built capacity. Look at this. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, I like this. Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? (laughs) Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, That is why we have turned again to you now. That you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head. Over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So verse 9. I like verse 9. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead. If you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon. And the Lord delivers them to me. Shall I be your head? (laughs) And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah. The Lord will be a witness between us. If we do not do according to our words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead. And the people made him head. And commander over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. How come someone
1: who was thrown
0: out as a son of a harlot, eight verses later, became the head of the city? What happened? He built capacity. You know, when he came back now, he cannot be head over the family. He was head over the whole city, including his father. In the next five years, will people come after you? I just want to challenge you tonight. With a very short word on capacity. This year is over. How many books have you read? What courses have you taken? Some of you, I'm sorry to say, some of you even go to churches where you don't write things down. Even the little knowledge you had before you joined the church is reduced because all you go there to do is to shout. You are not learning anything new, your brain is just dormant. No new information. Watching entertainment on TV does not improve your mental strength. Get it? That's why it's called entertainment. There's a difference between entertainment and education. So if you watch entertainment, it doesn't improve your mental strength. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you see that script writers, for instance, can make much more than people who are active. that's a lot of mental energy going into it. I want you to go back home tonight. Once in a while, remind yourself of how old you are. Bring out your birth certificate. And plot a five-year map. You know, a lot of people, you, you know, you like to celebrate. It's my day, it's my day. You know, i um, 30 years loading, 35 years loading, soon loading, loading, loading. If that thing is not being loaded with value, it's just another number. You know how many people in the world have days every day? Do you know, listen, do you know the level of poverty in this world? Do you know people who go to bed literally hungry, they don't know what to eat? You want to add to that number? Do you think anybody got up and said, Lord, as I'm coming to this life, I really want to struggle? If you can make me struggle, I will be happy. Nobody. Every single person you've seen in this world, they all came with dreams. Until the circumstances of life hit them. And that's what you must build against. Not to give up. Don't use your parents as an excuse. Listen, I'm literally tired of people giving excuses. Oh, oh, my father didn't do this. I tell people, listen, what if they didn't train you properly at home? Get books and retrain yourself. For instance, you're a young lady, you're a young man. You don't know how to talk to people because you grew up in an abusive home. And people have pointed out this to you. Go and take courses in communication. It's for your good. You cannot blame your failure On your parents' inability to do their job. Let's stop making excuses for people. Oh, that's the way he was raised. If you were raised wrongly, retrace your step. None of us grew up from perfect homes. Do you understand that? None of us. There was no parent in this world who is perfect. If we want to fault our parents, we will all have our excesses. If we want to force where we grew up. I personally went to a school. My secondary school were schools. were government schools that didn't have windows. Do you understand those kind of schools? That when they say school has closed. You see students coming from everywhere. From, if you could jump the window, it was quicker. There was no door. It was open. Those are the kind of schools I grew up from. You understand that? Schools where you have to bring your own locker. Is it locker? They call it now desk. Uh-huh. It's the locker. You bring it, you chain it. Your name will be inside, outside, underneath, on top of it. Because you can come tomorrow and go out you don't have chair. There's nobody to report to. Because when you now go and meet the principal, the principal is also looking for his chair. you understand what I'm saying? You know, I say, sir, they stole my chair. He say, my son. I can't find my friend. Do you understand? Even when you go and report, you start suspecting, you say they have stolen your chest. You okay, don't worry, just stay here first. We're coming. <laughs> That's how we grew up. But we chose to make a difference. I remember growing up in the village and I saw my classmates going to the farm. And when I told myself, I said, no, 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 no. This, for me personally, one of the things that spurred me to read a lot in life is I'm very, I'm physically lazy. I don't like, you know, Carrying things. You know, I don't just like it. So I told myself that the only escape route was mental strength. So I read. I read. I read. I read. When I was writing my work, I was literally sick. I was throwing up and writing because I read so much. My parents are not the kind of people that you write jam four times. They, won't, they don't have that energy. You know, it's like when you play Naira bet, as you lock in, you must win. If not, you are gone. My mother would just count the money and say, This is your jam phone. If you don't gain admission, there's no, there's no that uh, I didn't make it. You can't say you didn't make it. You, mu- you must make it. There's no how you won't make it. You will make it. I've enrolled ero- you five times. First one one D. Second one, one C. Then the one you had D is now F. Then I say bring bring results. You are bringing documents. <laughs> say bring results. You are bringing documents. <laughs> we said results, I is to combine them. <laughs> then by the time they combine five years of results is four C. They are now struggling to look for a cause for you. What can you do? Is there anything? No, you don't. You can't live a life in which life hands you anything. You don't live that way. What's poverty? Poverty is when you don't have options. You can't choose. Life chooses for you. You can't say, This is where I want to stay. No, 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 no. Your life chooses this is where you can stay. This is what you can eat. This is where you can go. Break out from that life. I mean, I was just telling my wife, this girl that did spoken word, impressive. Impressive. Growing up from a single parent's home with all the challenges. But she has made a difference in her life. Impressive. Check her school results. She's winning all the awards. She has all the excuses. I believe strongly that what will make most of us cry on the day of judgment is that God will bring people with worse scenarios than us And says, these guys made something out of their life. You don't have an excuse. I believe that. It won't just be a judgment of sin. It will be a judgment of laziness and foolishness and stupidity and procrastination. God will bring people with worst case. And say, this boy can do something with his life. You don't have an excuse. Don't you think there's more value in your life than you're living? Don't just live. You know, in this kind of community, you can easily become the chairman of the yard where everybody is in a batcher. You now have 32 inches. You can pay your subscription. Like the Champions League yesterday, they came to your room to watch. Then you bought more for everybody. You know, you can, you can easily feel that. Ah! I'm next to God. Where you have people with low expectations, they cannot easily make you king. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you have friends that once you carry one book, they say, Man, I mean, you they read, you they read, and you too, you uh, yeah. one book that you have been holding since January, this is me. And your friends are saying guy. I say that my friend they read, that my friend they read. Don't let people crown you in their mediocrity. You give someone ten thousand, they say, Ah, you are the saviour of my life. They have forgotten that there are people who are releasing millions to the gospel. And they are not even talking. Set your standards very high. Especially your mental standards. Don't run away from challenges. I like what he said. You have challenges. Don't run away from it. There is a book to read that you don't understand. <laughs> read it again. How many of you have read um, Bill Gates? Um, Business at the Speed of Thoughts. You know, I read that book like five times. I didn't understand what the guy was writing. Do you understand? Just read. And I remember one time, you know, I God for my father actually. I remember when I met him, I said, I said ah, this book, I don't understand it. He said, no, if the person wrote it, it is because the person understood what he's writing. So you can understand it. If the person didn't understand it, he wouldn't write it. So the fact that a human being wrote it means that another human being can understand it. You have to sit with it. I want to challenge you. We're going and uh, go and listen to my series on the website, How to Have a Great Year. Remember how we are we're all shouting New Year, New Year, New Year. We have entered in. Say we're entering another one. That's how you'll be shouting New Year all the days of your life before you realize you are inside the grave. There's nothing new about any year. It's what you make out of it. You can decide from today to make adjustments. If you sleep too much, reduce your sleep. If you eat too much, reduce your food. If you talk too much, reduce your talking. Build networks that will stretch your mind. Build networks. Build people that will challenge you. Build, talk to friends who are telling you this is the next book I'm reading. Don't sell yourself short. This thing of God will do it. God will do it. Sometimes can be deceptive. If you're going to be successful, you will know through your habits. You will know through your principles. You will know. You will just know that hey, this path is going to take me somewhere. I want to challenge you to go back as young people. Retrace your life. Bring it back. And take a new route. Time that you see is very fast. Time is very fast. You'll be amazed. Ah, before you know it's two years. Before you know it's three years. Before you know it's four years. Before you know it's five years. And you know what? When you start losing momentum, you start giving up early. Little successes strengthen your resolve about life. Little successes. If you finish one book, you're challenged to go to a new book. You're challenged to go into a new book. Sometimes I'm amazed when I talk to young people and say, have you read? Ah, sir, I don't have time. What, what do you have time doing? And I say, sir, we're hustling. And sometimes I tell them, why don't you go hungry right now and feed your mind so that tomorrow your mind will feed your stomach? If you're focused on feeding your stomach right now and your mind is empty, you will hustle for the rest of your life. There's something about knowledge. I want to challenge you to read. 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 Someone came to the bookshop to buy books today, so he was talking. He was talking about selling books. I told him I read that. I read that. I read. Ah, I was like, Ah, which time did you read this? I said, ah. those were books that we we're reading to jump out of the pits of mediocrity. I read uh, "Eat That Frog" by Tracy in 1999. In the university, myself and my friends, we used to have a triangle. We just write it. We call it triangular life. You know, I went to Delta State University, so we had lectures, we had library, and we had fellowship. And the fellowship was not every day. All those ones, they say drama is meeting. Uh, uh, singing diamonds, i meeting It's not for me. I will serve God on Sunday and Bible study, and I'm done. Because for that four years, I came to pass. It was not Bible school. That's why we had campus presidents that failed and carried, and they said God was trying them. It was foolishness. God was not testing their patience. They were just foolish. You had four years to pass. You know, for them, they had the luxury. Somebody like me, honestly, if if I have carryover, I can't go home. You just kill yourself. How are you gonna tell your father that you have carry? There's no way you won't be able to you know, those are the kind of announcements you make with the village head. The village head will be there, you know. If you have a chief priest in your village self, you even beg the man to come with your uncle, with your aunties, just to say, I failed. Then when you are when they are when they are saying those things, you are far away. And you people come and announce failure like, uh, you know, I tried my best, my best was not enough. And you are saying it. It was after my final year course that I went to the beach that was in Abraka for the first time. There are certain times you don't even have a social life because you're building your future. I just want to hang out. eh? Just want to hang out. Just relax. You are relaxing. You are relaxing. A bachelor that you are staying of 25000 you have not been able to pay for one year, 12 months, you are relaxing, that you are hanging out. What will orphans do? There are certain times. Sometimes, listen, you need to be tough on yourself. Don't, don't, you, know, you see, if you develop this, even in your prosperity, you'll be disciplined. This, because of the many messages I'm doing it, today I woke up around 3, maybe like 3 o'clock, 3.40. Up until this moment, to read and prepare and do everything, since 3 a.m. And some people were late to church, and they have slept afternoon sleep. They have slept evening sleep. They now came late for limit breakers again. As they go back now, they will take a nap. Before the, that, that nap is not for the night. That nap is pre-night sleep. <laughs> and then, these are the people that are waiting for miracles. The question I want to ask is, if God sends this miracle your way, do you have the capacity for it? Go back. Mark told us, take your life as a project. Think from the end to the beginning. Spend time to pray. Habakkuk chapter 2, we talked about that. Start mapping out. One of the things I told myself, I said, when I get to a certain age, about 40, 42, I want to lecture in, in theological schools. And I said, okay, it take me about five years, six years to get a, a master's or a doctorate to be able to lecture in theological schools. So last year, I started my theological education. It, that's my motivation. So when I start lecturing, maybe at 40, I'm lecturing intelligence others say, Ah, the man was lucky. Don't you know his father was a pastor? No. 40 is not just going to arrive, or 45, or 50. It's not just going to be that way. Don't just wake up in life and, and just feel as if, Oh, I didn't know I was here. No, you knew. And I'll tell you this. Three more things before I close tonight. Number one, if you have friends that are dragging you back, Walk away from them. Don't be apologetic about it. I mean, don't feel like, what would they say? No, 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 no. The sufferings of life cannot be shared. You know, if you are homeless, I use that as an example. If you are homeless now, even though you are calm, we cannot say because we are brothers in Christ, I should not leave my house, I'm going to sleep with you outside. Do you say you know? That, ah, okay, my brother is homeless. Ah, okay, let's just share the night outside. You know, we, we'll just encourage you. It is where God will do it. The angels of God will keep you. The boy smoking the boy will not come near you. You will sleep where tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that's where the sufferings of life can't be shared. Nobody will love you enough to share your suffering. So, life is personal responsibility. Number, so, number one. Number two. Take personal responsibility for your life. Don't blame your pastor, don't blame your father, don't blame your mother, don't blame Buhari, don't blame Africa, don't blame anybody. Take responsibility for your life. This is my life and I'll take responsibility for it. Take responsibility for your life. Growing up, one of the things I saw as I started pastoring with my dad, I said, listen, I'm not going to do ministry just because of my dad's goodwill, you know, there's a way they can say, "Ah, you just give him to say something." It's his father that has the church. <laughs> Do you get? Or people will invite you because of your father. No. And sometimes I go to many places to preach. People don't even know my father is a pastor. Rather than using his name to get access, I've even gone to some places to preach, and after people heard me. And heard that my father was a pastor. They're not like, ah. So if your father is a pastor, uh, we want him. Do you get? So instead of him just opening the doors, I go to some places and I'm the one that opens the doors for him to come speak. Personal responsibility. Number three, deal with laziness. Deal with laziness. That, that spirit that makes you not know to finish books. Cast it out. Chapter one. You have read chapter one of thirty books. Chapter one. Chapter one. Chapter one. Chapter one. Any book they pick, I've started it Any book, I've started it. Chapter one. You are just that chapter one spirit. You need deliverance. You are always at the middle of books. You just at the middle, you just put something. That book is finished. You have never finished any book in your life. You see, the, the the danger is this. Listen, the danger is this. eh? Ignorance is better than half knowledge. If you don't know something at all, it's okay. I mean, not like it's okay, it's okay, but it's okay. But when you now know and you don't know finish, (laughs) then you don't, do do you understand? It's like, like I said, you are neither hot, you are neither cold, you are just, Hey, just say, I don't know this subject. All those chapter 1 books, go and gather them. See, set your mind that at least in my life, one day, I will be able to finish one book. Set it as a goal. It's amazing, I even ask people that are reading, but I say, which book are you reading? I say, what's that book? From the title and the author, you have forgotten. How will you remember? No, you see, we laugh about these things. Don't laugh about them. How can you not remember a book you are reading? Say one book like that. Oh. <laughs> then some will remember the first title and forget the author. Some will remember the author. Then some is the color of the book. They say it's a red book. Okay. So it's a red book. Don't be mentally lazy. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Let me give you a simple exercise. To start stretching your mind, it's something I'm starting to do right now. Because unconsciously we train ourselves to forget, thinking we are getting old, but that's not true. Your brain, your brain cells actually can grow if you start learning new things. All right? You know your ATM card. If I say your bank account, I know all of you know your bank account because that's the one you used to collect money. You go, ah, zero zero. No, no, no that's right. And your phone number? No. You know your ATM card. All of us have ATM now. Do you know your ATM card? Try to memorize all the numbers of your ATM card. Just try to memorize them. They are in four sets. They are in four sets. They are 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4. MasterCard or Visa card. Just, it's it's like brain exercise. You know, you go to the gym. Just start with that. Start to memorize that. Okay? (laughs) No, start. Just start it. Start it until you can know it. Just start. What you do when you go home tonight, memorize the first four numbers. Take it for a week. Memorize the first four numbers. Do that, do that. Start memorizing things that way. Okay? What are you doing? You're building your brain cells. You won't be forgetting easily. It's entertainment that makes you to forget easily. If you watch too much films, you forget. But I want you to stretch your mind. Are we going to do that? Yeah, just take it. That's an exercise. I'm not saying just take it. your ATM card. Just know the number. You know, just know. Not your account number. Account is 10. Funny enough... (laughs) Okay, I just. Uh, how many of you remember your account number? Not the ten-digit, the first one. Okay, remember the first one. Okay, remember the first one. The first one had how many digits? Six, three, one, nine, one, zero, nine, four, seven, zero, one. That's my account. That's the first one. I am struggling to remember the ten because I had programmed the older one. So what I'm trying to say is that 10 is shorter, but I've trained myself to remember the longer one. It's now almost, I have to readjust my brain to remember the shorter one. I'm trying to give you an example. What that means is, it is the way you set your brain that it will be. So if, so those digits of the ATM card, if you just look at it and say, yeah, yeah, ah, man of oh God. No. Now, so I'll tell you something. How many of you remember memory verses? Let me give you an example. How many of you remember any memory verse you were taught in, in children's Sunday school? How many of you did recital? You did recitation. Okay, how many of you remember the verse you recited when you were in children's school? Sunday school. You remember it. You can still recite it. That tells you you are intelligent. Remember how long? I can't forget mine. Isaiah chapter 11. So, what what happens is this. Your brain is that powerful. I'm just trying to show you the power of your brain. That what you recited, even as a child, it's still there. So, the things you are forgetting now, you chose to forget. So, go back and start doing brain exercises. Okay? Another way to do brain exercises, take online courses in the areas that are not like your area of um, core interests. Just to learn. There are lots of courses, many courses online. Maybe you are involved. Just learn something on marketing. Once you start learning something outside of your usual pathway, what will happen? it will stress your mind. Are you following what I'm saying? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight.